<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to Whatever Podcast, episode five. Um, we're going to be talking about a few things this evening, um, not the least of which is Age of Ultron. We were going to do a, a separate podcast about this a while back, and then things kind of went to hell in a handbasket as far as just being able to record, so you're getting it now, um, as well as a couple other things regarding the... Um, Flash slash Arrow universe or Flaro universe, if you're uh, uh, familiar with Reddit at all, which you know, if you listen to this podcast, you probably are, uh, as well as a couple other items. Um, anyway, we're gonna get right to it. So, uh, Eddie saw Age of Ultron a few days before I did. Uh, I'm gonna let him go ahead and jump on that. All right, so Age of Ultron, um. Fairly good extension of the original Avengers movie, I thought. Um, definitely right up that alley. Uh, I didn't quite like it as much as the original Ultra, or Avengers movie, which I kind of expected because it's the second one, and the hype about the original Avengers movie, I think, had a lot to do with the fact that that was like the first time something like that had been attempted, you know, multiple movies spanning up to this big crossover event. You know, which of course we've had in comics for years and years and years, but had never been done really in the movie universes. Um, but still, pretty solid flick. Lots of different things that I really liked about it. Um, anyway, that's that's my brief brief overview. I, I suppose we'll get into details in a second. What'd you think overall? I, I and I don't know if I'm in the in the minority on this, but I actually did like Age of Ultron a little bit better than I liked the original Avengers. Yeah. Um, just because I think there was the the original Avengers movie, and I'm not saying it was a bad movie by any means, it wasn't, but there was a little bit of an origin-ish story to the original Avengers, and you kind of didn't need it with all the the fact that it was an assembly of all the other Marvel movies that they had done yeah, up to that point. That's true. Um, this one kind of just got right to it, and I I, re- I really dug it. Plus, I mean, Ultron as the as the antagonist, I I think is fantastic whether it's in comic book form or, or on the movie screen so yeah I really liked Ultron in this movie and, and I actually really that is the fun thing about doing a second uh, um, or a sequel in any of these universes is you don't have to go through the origin story awkwardness and they just jump straight into being badasses basically which um, I'll go in and add a spoiler alert at the beginning of this but they they do they hit, I mean they run right into the action um, and it's really cool because like in the original Avengers, one of the, the team up, uh, sort of scenes that stuck out at me, you know, was when, uh, uh, Iron Man lasers the cap shield and they take out a few guys, you know, that way, which was really cool in the first one. And there, but in this one, it's everywhere in, in Ultron, you get a lot of different sort of awesome team up action moves and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. Big, big focus on Hawkeye and Black Widow. Definitely. Um, that that part I thought was was pretty good. I, I wanted to see Black Widow get get a more of a focus ever since uh, Winter Soldier because she had such a big part in that. Yeah, and it was it, it became pretty apparent during that movie that she had more story to tell and, and that Scarlett Johansson was more than capable of, of carrying a lead type role in that big ensemble. Yeah, movie. I'm also almost a little surprised that we don't see like a. Um... Black Widow, uh, um, Hawkeye spinoff, because I think that could be a really interesting movie, you know, given that they're the two non-powered, you know, that could be a much more conventional, like, one of the things I've said a lot about Cap 2 is that 
it wasn't just a good movie. That was probably the best action movie I'd seen of that year. That year, and I think a you know Black Widow Hawkeye movie definitely has the potential to cross over and do something similar. Um, yeah, I, I think it does. I don't think it'll happen though, just because of the fact that Marvel's done such a poor job at using her specifically in terms of marketing, um, and that and, and Renner as well. They haven't really marketed much with them yeah, either. I, so I mean, it's kind of hard. I think because the you know they're quote-unquote normal super spy assassin people next to, you know, the Hulk and Iron Man and stuff like that, so. Which I thought that was a, that was actually cool that Hawkeye actually addressed just that yeah. during during Ultron, uh, toward the toward the end when he was talking with the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, casting, I mean, some of the new cast, obviously, I mean, you can't really say that, that, uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are, are new cast members because they 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 made their appearance at the end of uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, but uh, what what did you what did you think of how that was cast? Uh, those, fine. Those two roles. Honestly, this is kind of the thing that screwed it up for me is the uh, Quicksilver and X Men, which I actually liked better in X Men. I thought I thought the X Men portrayal of Quicksilver was a little bit stronger than in um, Ultron. I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I'm gonna say that. I like the way they shot the Quicksilver scene as in the in the during uh, the prison yeah, break part yeah, of it. Definitely uh, during uh, Days of Future's Past. Days of Future's Past, but uh, I liked the character of Quicksilver better in the Avengers. I think that the, he was portrayed a little bit better. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch really surprised me. A, I did not know that Mary Kate and Ashley had a younger sister. It was news to me right up until they I started seeing you know casting rumors and stuff like that for Ultron. Uh, or it was news to me when I started. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and and B man, um, it's too bad she didn't get discovered a long time ago because she's far superior in terms of of acting. I think probably yeah. I don't I don't I don't want to necessarily you know just grind the Olsen twins into the ground. I think uh, the major media has done that for us already, so... Pretty much. And and honestly, their lack of acting probably isn't their fault. It probably is the roles they've been handed over the years and all the media hype surrounding them. So I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna totally knock on them. They, they may have every bit the potential that their younger sister does, but... Yeah. Uh, we certainly haven't seen it, so... How did you think uh, one of the bigger changes in Ultron, of course, is that uh, there is no Hank Pym uh, um, to speak of yet in the MCU, so uh, Ultron is instead Tony Stark's brainchild. How did you feel about that change, or did you was that a big deal for you at all? Um, when I originally heard that Ultron was coming out and that we weren't going to see Hank Pym until after the Age of Ultron movie, I was concerned. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I, I think the way that they spun it with, with Tony Stark and, and Dr. Banner being largely responsible for it, yeah. that I think it worked well, especially with the overall tone of the the Phase 2 movies, for sure. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the things I liked about this, is that you could see in Ultron uh, um, sort of the weaknesses of Tony Stark, you know, Play, played up a little bit um, now because Ultron is of course Tony Stark's brainchild in there and, and they kind of you know it was the same when it was in the comics when it was Hank Pym who created Ultron Ultron took on some of Hank Pym's weaker 
personality traits. Um, so that, that was true in Ultron too. Um, and one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, which at first I thought was, I, I wasn't sure I liked with how, how Tony Stark created or how the whole, you know, movie gets set up where Tony decides that they've got to, you know, save the world. And he just kind of dives into this thing. But then I realized that's actually just exactly who Tony Stark is. He just dives in, damn the consequences. Like you, you see that even originally in the original Iron Man movie where, you know, he's doing a test flight without actually testing anything for like human test flight number one, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's weird to me because honestly, Iron Man three kind of hurt the direction they wanted to go with that because at the end of Iron Man three, um, you know, he's kind of had his, his moment of clarity and decides he's going to become a better person. Uh, and then we jump into Avengers age of Ultron and we get basically the same old Tony Stark we've always had. There's not. Yeah. That, that was that, that I didn't like that part a whole lot. I mean, it was very, you know, we get to the end. You, you think, Oh, Tony Stark's clearly, you know, continuing the growth. He started in Iron Man one and then, you know, didn't do anything within Iron Man two because Iron Man two is kind of a crappy movie. And, and then, you know, in Iron Man three, of course he comes a long way. And by the end of the movie that, that is really Iron Man three, the growth of Tony Stark. And then, of course, we jump into Ultron, and it's like a, a step or two back from that, so yeah, a disparity in the writing, maybe. Iron Man 3, he was rarely Iron Man during that entire movie, and it really oh, yeah. became a story specifically about Tony Stark, and you, we saw none of those changes translate over into, into Age of Ultron. So Yeah, it almost seemed like the start of Iron Man 3, where Tony's still too paranoid, and, and still you know jumping into what might be bad decisions uh, to make sure... And keep the planet safe. So yeah, yeah. What? Where? Where do you stand on the uh, Black Widow Banner relationship? Uh, that I was actually okay with because I, even in the original Avengers, I think they were setting that up a, li- a little bit in the original Avengers with the Black Widow um, uh, 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 Hulk scenes. You know, like they originally, the, Widow's originally the one who goes and picks up Banner. Right. And then in the helicarrier, they have their sort of uh, fight, and, you know, she tells him, trust me, trust me, and then that whole thing. So that I actually, I liked. I mean, I thought it was pretty good, and I thought it was a good callback to the last movie. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was necessarily surprised by it, but I certainly wasn't expecting it to be that prevalent. Yeah. Um, but again, not a bad thing. Just wasn't what I was expecting, and and honestly, that's uh, kudos because uh, anything that keeps me on my toes is is appreciated when I'm watching comic book movies. So yeah, I thought they had to go a little fast with that because really, right now, the only interaction with those characters is in the Avengers movies. Of course, there's you know not a lot of Avengers movies coming out, so you know you you get one every three years or so at this point if the you know rate continues as it has. So. Yeah, and as I understand it, I, I know Marvel has toyed around with the possibility of, of using Mark Ruffalo and doing a, a Planet Hulk movie. Probably not going to work. Planet Hulk was a huge, huge <clears throat> storyline that spanned, I think, at least a year's worth uh, of the last, The last I read, they've basically killed the Planet Hulk idea um, because it's too much Hulk and not enough banner. Yeah, because uh, there, there's no banner. Yeah, I mean, it, it, not at all. I mean, 
So um, they still plan on using him, I think, throughout a couple of the of the other movies. I'm not sure which. So we may see him before the next Avengers movie. Um, in fact, I've heard that he may be. I, I've heard that that they're possibly thinking about doing a, not necessarily Planet Hulk, but making it very apparent that the Planet Hulk has happened. Mm-hmm. And they they've talked about possibly putting him in the in the sequel to Guardians, where oh. he, they pick him up off planet somewhere. That could be interesting. Um, I would like them to do more with Hulk. Um, the uh, Hulk to me is an interesting character, and I actually liked the two thousand eight Hulk with Ed Norton, and I thought that they did a pretty good job with the story there. And I didn't by any means think that there was no reason they should continue or not uh, not continue doing Hulk movies, um, but thus far they haven't really, uh, so far, you know, except for including him in the Avengers, so. Yeah, at first I really thought that I, I liked the Ed Norton Hulk because it wasn't the Ang Lee Hulk. Yeah, um, there's definitely that. But there's definitely more to it. Uh, there, The dynamic of, of him, I think I think he, he nailed Banner pretty spot on, and I was a little disappointed when we didn't get him back um, I know there was some turmoil between him and, and Marvel Studios. Yeah. But uh, honestly, if we couldn't stick with him, Mark Ruffalo definitely hasn't disappointed in any way, shape, or form, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I definitely like Ruffalo as the Hulk. I just I wish we could get more Hulk movies or more Hulk in other movies. You know, it wouldn't hurt to have him cross over more. Um, anyway, yeah. More of that would be good. Interesting side note about Ruffalo. He is actually the first actor to be not only Bruce Banner, but be the voice of the Hulk, as well as have his features be the likeness of, of yeah. the Hulk, which is kind of a cool fact. I've, I've been re rewatching the whole MCU, and so I've gotten through um, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and The Incredible Hulk. I actually almost forgot that The Incredible Hulk existed um, but I, I just recently watched that over the last weekend, and that was one of the things that was immediately striking to me was it wasn't Ruffalo no. Hulk. It wasn't the Ruffalo Hulk that I was seeing on the screen. So No, and actually that's Lou Ferrigno doing the uh, the Hulk grunts and yeah. stuff during that movie, if I remember correctly. That's kind of cool. Um So, yeah, overall, I thought I thought Ultron was fantastic. I was, I was kind of hoping... That we'd get just a little bit more of uh, of Mackie in terms of of uh, I can't remember his name, the Falcon. Oh yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't hurt, but I think at that point, especially the 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 cast in the second Avengers is is huge. I mean, it's already hard enough to manage the ensemble that is the first Avengers movie, and they just kind of did that to the nth degree in Ultron, where you have, you know, two new Avengers proper um, with the Witch and Quicksilver, and then they also had, you know, the Falcon was in there, War Machine was in there. Um, they really called in all the guns for this one. You had yeah. some Maria Hill, you had some Nick Fury, I mean... Yeah, yeah, and and I I think I think that is all well. And I, I the here's where I where I see that the Falcon would have come in really handy, and that is 
he didn't have to be there through the the bulk of the movie necessarily. Right. But having him show up along with Nick Fury and the helicarrier at the end would have would have made sense just because of the fact that, you know, your city is floating, flying. Uh, you could use him to shuttle people off one at a time while everybody else is kind of getting stuff. Yeah. You know, into the into the the cargo and cargo holds because. You get the impression when you see him originally in the movie, he's talking with, with Steve Rogers and talking about how Steve Rogers is an Avenger and he's not, but he's he's okay with that because he's still busy tracking down Bucky. Yeah. So you kind of, after, after that, you're not really expecting to see him and then you see him at the end at the at the new Avengers facility and you're like, oh, I guess he's done tracking down Bucky now. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but it would have been nice to see him a little bit more. Um, and the stinger wasn't much of a stinger in this movie and huh. they could have really used that to set up something like the Black Panther or another one of the characters that people aren't quite as familiar with. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. Um, first off, there there was not a... There was a during credit scene which has happened in the last Avengers and a lot of the Marvel movies have a during credits but there was no like after... You know, post-credit. Post-credit scene in this. And I was kind of surprised by that because they do have some new properties coming out uh, um, you know, with the Ant Man and uh, the Panther, but I guess they feel like they felt like they just didn't have to set that up as much. And really, the post credits in the Avengers didn't really set up anything. I mean, that was the infamous shawarma scene. That was just kind of a fun thing to do. I I think after the the movie that was the original Avengers with that big climax with New York being yeah ripped to shreds and stuff, I think that was probably. I mean. I, I really liked the shawarma scene. I, I thought it was hilarious because it, it was a callback. I, I mean, it was just... It, I mean, what do you do after that, you know? Like, that's the ultimate come down after the adrenaline rush that, that is that battle. Yeah. And First off, I, I loved it when I saw it, but I didn't quite put together that um, earlier in the Avengers movie, Tony Stark would say, hey, I, I think I saw a shawarma joint two blocks back. A shawarma uh, joint two blocks back. I want to check that out. What's shawarma, anyway? Um, I didn't connect it, that that's what they were doing at the end of the movie was eating shawarma. I mean, they were all eating, um, and it was just funny, and it was just sort of, you know, everybody sitting around eating, you know, just as you're describing after that gigantic ad- adrenaline rush was um, hilarious at the time, but then catching that callback later, too, was a lot of fun. And, and that scene does not work without Thor's body language while he's sitting there eating. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> because because even, even the, the veritable god was just... Beat just shit. beat yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that like um so anyway Ultron overall uh definitely a strong you know it, it, it's by far far from the worst Mar- Marvel movie I I still think I preferred Cap 2 a little bit more I, I think Cap 2 is a stronger movie and that's probably one of the my favorite Marvel movies at this point uh, I I agree. Cap Cap Two is is I think the movie that every Marvel movie at this point should be striving yeah. to be. I honestly think that with the um, Ultron, they're just getting there's there's a lot to bite off with an Avengers movie, so it's kind of hard to do the um, story part of things very well in this size of a movie, but part of the reason I'm watching the Avengers movies is just because I want to see superheroes do cool shit. And you definitely get that out of, uh, Ultron. So, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of fun things about this too. There's a ton, there's a ton of fun jokes, like all the things you love from the Avengers, as far as like the comedy type of things between, um, um, stuff was just great. 
the hammer, the hammer scenes. Yeah. Like, uh, probably one of the most subtle jokes in the movie was the look on uh, Thor's face when Cap goes to pick up the hammer. And it budges a and little it, bit. It just, it, just a fraction of a, of a hair of a fraction. Yeah. But you could just see, see Thor kind of half sit up a little bit and that was probably one of my favorite scenes in there um and of course at the the end well i mean he's not really alive like an elevator is an elevator worthy like that that whole scene was pretty good too yeah especially considering the turnaround um earlier in the movie where they're talking about how do we know we can trust him and uh he just kind of matter of factly you know like oh by the way here's your hammer that only the worthy can wield oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I dug that quite a bit. Two important things happened. Um, well, more than two, but I mean, the two important things that stand out to me is a, um, we get to see Wakanda. Yeah, and that's important because you know we're gonna have Black Panther show up in a solo movie as well as as I believe he's gonna be in the Infinity War. I think I think Infinity War, like as much as I'm saying, like there's a lot of characters going on here. Infinity War has to be everybody. Everybody that Marvel's even kind of touched on at this point, I think, is going to show up in Infinity War. So here's here's including the, Spider-Man. The rumor, I think, is Spider-Man will be there for Infinity War. For sure, Infinity War, and I think it's still up in the air as to whether or not they can they can use him for uh, Civil War. Yeah. My understanding originally was that when they weren't able to to make the deal with with Sony, is that they were going to go ahead and use Black Panther um, in place of Peter Parker. Uh, to fill that role within the Civil War. Oh, okay. Um, which, honestly, may still be the better way to go, just because Black Panther is not a character that the, that as many people are familiar with. Totally. And it would be a good way to introduce him and shed some light on, on who and what he is. doesn't really matter if uh, Spider-Man shows up in any of these movies. There's nobody that's going to be like, who's the guy in the red and blue? You know? Right, right. Um, the only thing that... That did, that leads me to say that Black Panther is maybe not the best choice for that is because of his lack of recognizability. Spider-Man revealing his secret identity in the comic book storyline of Civil War was huge mm-hmm. because he was one of the most well-known at that point in time. Um, and that's why it was so impactful that he did it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you can use Black Panther in that role and, and get him some recognition, but it's ultimately not going to have the same impact if that's part of the, the way that they choose to use him. Uh, because they're going to be like, yeah, this guy that we don't know just revealed a secret identity. What the shit? <laughs> have you seen, um, sorry, a bit of an aside, but have you seen that image floating around? Um, it's from one of the DC cartoons uh, where Lex Luthor manages to take over the Flash's body. And he goes, oh, cool, finally I get to find out who the Flash is. And he takes off his mask and he looks in the mirror and he goes, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it'd be kind of a little bit like that. Like, great, we know how now the Black Panther is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah, oops. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's entirely still, as far as I know, up in the air. There may be more information out there that I haven't come across yet, but... Um, my original point that I was getting to is with Infinity War, I believe the general idea is that during Phase 3, we're going to see the original Avengers be separated, um, and and they're going to go off and do other things, 
and that they may not be involved in Infinity War Part 1 at all. I think they're setting that up a little bit with the end of Ultron, where you, yeah. you start to see the new Avengers group with the uh, uh, Falcon, Vision, uh, the Witch, and... Um, who's number four? Help me out. Oh, War Machine. War Machine. War Machine, yeah. Yep. And so I, th- I think what we're going to see is, is very little, if, if any, involvement in Infinity War Part 1, and then by the time the climax of Infinity War Part 2 hits then you're going to have this huge Avengers cast. Yeah. Uh, in order in order to bring everything about because I mean obviously you got to have Steve Rogers involved with the with the Infinity Gauntlet because he's he was involved. Can you imagine what the cast for that is going to look like? I mean just you've got Thor, Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Widow, Hawkeye, Vision, Scarlet Witch, uh I think there's been a rumor that Quicksilver may come back through some, you know, comic book death shenanigans, but I wouldn't really count on that one. Panther, Spider-Man, most likely, War Machine, Falcon. It'd be nice to see Quicksilver back. Yeah. Um, but that being said, honestly, it and and everything at this point is kind of going to depend on who lands the directing job for Infinity War. Uh, who directed uh, Winter Soldier? Oh God. Um... Was it the check. brothers? I, I want to say it was the brothers, but I could be wrong. I, I, I'm thinking Brannick, but I'm thinking that's because I just watched Thor, and I'm pretty sure Brannick did Thor. Anthony and Joe Russo. Yeah, there you go. So, I believe the Russo brothers are in the in the running for Infinity War. Um, kind of hoping they do Civil War too, because I would really, really enjoy seeing. Oh. So it looks like uh, they have listed in their official filmography, in addition to Civil War, they'll also be doing Infinity War Part 1 and 2. Wow. Well, that mystery solved. At least, assuming nothing changes between now and then, but I don't see any reason why it would, unless, you know, Cap, Cap 3 completely bombs, which I can't see that happening. So. Yeah, that's. I, I think it's probably doubtful. So, yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think they'll do a good job, and I think because of the fact that a Captain America, they did a fantastic job with Winter Soldier. Yeah. B, in terms of the Civil War, I expect them to carry that over. The same, you know, kind of the same thing, and I believe Civil War is really going to probably play a big part in Infinity War. I think and so it too. would make sense to have the same directors be involved with that, especially with Joss Whedon having left. Um, not on entirely great terms with Marvel. Yeah. Um, which actually kind of brings me to the next talking point about Ultron that I was gonna that I was gonna talk to you about too. So there was a lot of stuff that happened in, in Ultron that Marvel either didn't necessarily want to do or that Joss didn't necessarily want to do, and there was a couple compromises made. Um, one is the farmhouse scene almost didn't happen. Yeah, I can see that. And my understanding is that, is that Joss kind of fought for that, and he only got to keep it because of the cave scene that he did with Thor. See, the cave scene is one of my biggest problems with the writing in Ultron, because the cave scene is way, way too far in the Deus Ex Machina uh, um, thing. Like... It's no, not really laid out. Like, there's no clear idea there, of why Thor's n- taking there's off. There's nothing. Thor just kind of takes off, 
jumps in the magical hot tub, and then suddenly we've got the you know plot progression point. Like, yeah, no mention before of that. You know, you 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 see the flashbacks repeatedly because he he kind of thinks about it yeah. over and over again, but none of it makes sense. Like you don't the flashback <laughs> doesn't give you a clear idea of why he's leaving. Yeah, and the 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 cave scene was supposed to be longer. And it was actually supposed to show the spirits of the water or whatever it was that he was trying to talk to. They they actually possess him and he communicates the information to Selvig. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they go and, and do it. But So Marvel really pushed to have the cave scene. Then it got cut way short. So it almost just kind of seemed like Thor just was like, hey guys, I, I got the answer. Yeah. It's those Infinity Gems. Yeah, like I, I googled it. You know, we're good. Yeah, the, it, I mean, we've seen four of them though, so we should probably be concerned. Yeah, um, that that did shed some light to me though on the fact that Thor, at least, and I don't know if the rest of the Avengers are, but at least Thor is very well aware of the events of Guardians. Yeah, or they must have been. Either that, or they just you know that that could have been another small writing issue too, where they sort of glossed over that. But that part, Thor being aware of actions in Guardian, I didn't really have a problem with because Thor's already an alien extraterrestrial being. It makes sense that the Asgardians would have you know knowledge of what's going on in other you know realms. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have any thoughts on Hiddleston's footage being cut from the movie ultimately? Kind of disappointing. Um, and I, I don't know. We so we got kind of a, a cliffhanger action with uh, uh, Loki in, in Thor 2. And I expected, actually, they were going to get some, um, if not continuation, uh, possibly even resolution to that in uh, Ultron. But we didn't. So I'm assuming that's coming for, for presumably, Thor 3. Yeah. Is Thor 3 in the books yet? Yeah, Ragnarok is, is the Ragnarok. title, I think. There you go. Um, so that, that must be coming for Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised because I, I, I kind of think Loki's a fan favorite at this point. And certainly one of the stronger... Tom Hiddleston is. I mean... Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) Well, Tom Hiddleston and Loki as, as a villain in the MCU, I think are, is kind of a favorite because he's really one of the only strong villains in the MCU. Like there's, there's, there's really a him and... Uh, probably Ultron's next, and not simply because he's in the Avengers, but uh, I don't know. Like he's the only villain I've really kind of liked outside of just you know that particular movie, or for the sake of progressing that particular plot. You know. What What makes Loki an interesting villain is he's not necessarily a villain because he's just opportunistic. Yeah, like he's he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy for the sake of being of being a bad guy. Like he's very self motivated, selfish, yeah. and like he's not gonna go rob a bank to rob a bank. Like the only the only way Loki's gonna ever rob a bank is if it ultimately figures into some master plan that ultimately benefits yeah. him in the end. So I I do like Loki quite a bit in in terms of of that being that kind of a villain. Um, Definitely. I'm almost a little bit not disappointed that his scenes got cut, though, because I think it might have added a little bit more to Ultron than needed to be there. I mean, it was already a pretty complex movie with all the people that we had in it. See, maybe that's why I'm not as big a fan of Ultron, because the the script just has a lot of places where it could be a little tighter. 
and that that's you know again like you said if, if you throw in one other thing into the mix um it, it might have been cool to see but it ultimately would have probably made for a weaker uh story yeah no i'd, I'd agree with that so uh any any other ultronish things you wanted to cover no, I mean, I, I, I probably sound a little bit more down on the movie, but I liked it, and, and I would recommend going and seeing it, but let's face it, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it twice by now, so... Yeah, um, one thing I'm going to say that I didn't touch on at all, and it needs to be said, James Spader was fucking phenomenal as oh, the yeah. voice of Ultron. I, I, okay, so, two things. I loved Spader as the voice of Ultron, but there the... That was actually one of the things that bothered me a little bit about it, too. Like, when we get towards the end of the movie, the, the sort of incessant quips from Ultron, I thought t- took away a little bit from the severity of what Ultron is supposed to be. Um, but no, Spader was awesome. Uh, and, and although we see the No Strings trailer, or the No Strings trailer, you know, previously having gone into Ultron, it still was one of my favorite mo- scenes in the movie. It's a lot creepier when you actually see the full thing in the oh, movie, yeah. for sure. The, the full thing was, was, yeah, bordering on terrifying, you know, especially for a comic book movie, so... Man, thank goodness Disney owns all those properties. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so, yeah, Ultron, Ultron's solid. Go see it. Um, again. And you kind of have to, because... Let's face it, we all want to see what happens in Infinity War, and, and Age of Ultron is definitely going to be one of the pieces getting us there. So, Indeed, indeed. So, all right, that's that's our coverage for Ultron. Um, moving along, though, we do have a little bit more Marvel news uh, before we jump into some DC stuff, and that is we saw Crossbones. Um, yep, we got a leaked picture of Crossbones. It'll be in the show notes. Um I don't know that I really have a lot to say in this. I just put it in there because I don't have a ton to say about it. I mean, Crossbones. It's Crossbones. Yeah, he's not one of the one of the villains that I'm super duper familiar with in terms of no stuff. But uh, do yourself a favor, and maybe we'll try and put this up too. Uh, We'll try and find a a side by side of a of the Crossbones that we're getting in Civil War and, and put it next to a comic book image of Crossbones so you can kind of see how well they, they stayed true to the yeah the character on that. At least um, the look of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we have no idea if he's going to be true in terms of uh, personality or anything like that, but the, the look of him, they, they, they kept that pretty well pretty well under wraps so anyway um that's 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 basically all there is on that one not a ton because we don't really know how he fits in yet so yeah so let's talk dc dc uh so we got a lot of stuff going on in the uh flash arrow universe the um you know probably the biggest thing this week is the arrow finale was it really a big thing yeah that was kind of my thought too um so (laughs) it seems to me like pretty much universal disappointment there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's some good things that happen there was a there's a lot of collective meh you know going on about the whole uh, um arrow finale so there's some interesting things that i thought happened one um again spoilers if you haven't seen the episode pause and i don't know go watch it uh roz roz and ollie have their you know sort of penultimate fight and ollie wins which is one of the things that uh, initially, early on, everybody said was not going to happen. Like, they were going to do something so that uh, um, 
Roz walks away from this one, and so far as we can tell, he does not. Um, which they can retcon in lots of different ways because the whole Lazarus Pit thing yeah. now being in the DC universe, which we're going to come back to. Uh, but that he won, I, I thought sort of solidified Ollie a little bit more because, uh, that you know, again, the, the predominant thinking before this was there's no way Raz can beat Ollie, or Ollie can beat Raz because Raz uh, has won against Batman and, and Batman and Ollie are, are not in the same league. And so I thought that was kind of interesting that they were willing to do that. He didn't just win. Like he kind of beat the hell out of him. Like yeah, bad. yeah. So, um, and especially different from how we were at the midseason, where you you could tell that Roz was almost playing with him. In fact, that was almost maybe a little bit disappointing, um, but kind of cool at the same time, you know, because we want to see Ollie kick ass. So, or at least I want to see Ollie kick ass. Yeah. No, I really, I really dug it. Um, in, in terms of that that fight scene um there's a couple other moments too uh felicity wearing wearing the atom suit was was a surprise i didn't i didn't actually see that one coming that was uh simultaneously kind of cool and kind of totally cringy because you know we had just seen a few episodes back where um uh ray's having trouble flying the suit in the flash crossover right and then felicity who's never actually even been inside the suit before just performs this like no problem swoop down and save the day you know Sure, but Superman she's, she's Felicity. Yeah. She kind of is there to solve all their problems that they can't solve with their superheroing. Yeah. Uh, Deus Ex Felicity. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Crossover because I was going to mention that in terms of the, the season finale of Arrow. So, Ollie was actually in The Flash the day before the season finale. Yeah. And it really bothered me that he was just... Straight up, Ollie Queen. Hey, how you doing? I'm gonna help you beat this this bad guy thing. And in the in the Arrow timeline, like people still aren't quite sure what page he's on. See, so that part didn't bother me. Like, okay, it's fine. It's fine to me because Barry and well, I don't know. Maybe it's a little off because there is a potential uh, uh, that Barry and Felicity or Barry and Ray and whoever you know. Caitlin maybe calls Ray up for tech advice or something like that. That bothered me a little bit. But what bothered me more was, uh, like, what, how does Oliver get out? Like, oh, my friend called. I got to go, you know. I'll be back in, like, a couple of days. It's yeah. Um, hey, leave assassins. I'm going to take off for a little while. Yeah. You just and go, not be go an chill. assassin. Here's some beer money. Have fun in the city. Try not to kill anybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't poison my city until I get back to help you not do it. But and then... Then, of course, the other thing, and this is, you, it's hard not to nitpick this stuff because I, I see it, but at the same time, uh, it would be pretty boring if they did the logical things here, which is, you know, Barry shows up for about three minutes in the beginning of the episode to perform a relatively trivial task, you know, for Barry at least, which is unlock the door and knock out a couple of guards type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you kind of wonder why Ollie doesn't just be like, Oh, by the way, if you don't mind, could you mind, could you just pick up Raz and throw him off a cliff, you know, before he even blinks? You know, like, that would really save a lot of work for me. Um, but no, he's just like, no, nah, I gotta get back, because, you know, it's not like I can run at super speed or anything. This is gonna take all day. Oh, right. But it's gonna take, you know, less time than you can perceive. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, as much as I enjoy the, the, the Arrow Flash crossovers... I think they just need to think of through a little bit more about how they're how they're going to use that. Yeah. Um. Especially 
with the new show coming up that appears to be even more crossovery. Yeah. So that's that's true. I was reading something about this earlier today, or somebody on Reddit was talking about this and said you kind of have to accept the sort of inconsistencies, especially with the Flash's power levels. You know, because like in one episode we see a bullet actually touches his skin and he reacts fast enough to get out of the way after the bullet has already physically touched him. Right. And then in a couple episodes down, we see that Barry can't outrun bees. Like. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, they were high-tech robot bees. Yeah, um, but it, again, with the Flash's inconsistencies, you, you kind of have to accept that because the reality is, is the Flash's powers are ridiculous. Like, the Flash's powers, like, I, I don't want to say he'd win in a fight against Superman, but I think Superman's probably the only person otherwise in, in comics that is just so obviously overpowered, you kind of have to invent reasons to make him uh, uh, fragile. Yeah, no... And and the my my comment about the robot bees probably should be accompanied by a hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. No. No. I got that. Uh, you got it because you can see me. Yeah, that's true. They're they're listening. They're going what? what? Robots aren't that fast. I don't understand. Why does a robot bee equal better than a regular bee? Yeah. Um, okay, you guys aren't that dumb either. But yeah. so anyway, the the era finale. Yeah, I, I, there, there's it's just kind of met all over the board. I'm gonna tell you my favorite part about it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to season four. Right, that that I think <laughs> is pretty much universal. Like the 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 reason I think that the Arrow finale is tolerable is because I think it's cleaning the slate for season four, and because they they didn't quite slap you in the face with it, but uh, the way they're saying, well, like I can't be the Arrow anymore, and I can't be Oliver Queen anymore. I have to be somebody, something else, you know, someone else. Um, and, and to me, that just, hey guys, we're 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 going with the Green Arrow next season. Just yeah, he's not going to be the come hood. Back. We're going to see the Green the Arrow mask or the Arrow or the Vigilante. He's going to be the fucking Green Arrow finally, and I think and that's. I don't think we're going to go like as light as the Flash is, and we're going to you know get super jocular comic book airy, or Ollie, excuse me, but um, I do think we're definitely getting closer to that. Like, I think we're going to see more uh, sarcasm. Because actually, uh, Amel does sarcasm really well, and it comes off really funny to me when he does stuff like that. So I could see a lot more of that in the next season. I, I do think we're going to see a little bit of, of jocular one-upsmanship between Oliver and potentially, if we go that direction, which it sounds like we are, Hal Jordan. Yeah. See, that's another thing. And I, I don't think we got a lot from Arrow... But definitely in the Flash, they've been dropping uh, um, lots of Green Lantern hints. So uh, they make references to Ferris Air quite a bit. Yeah, they uh, visited Coast City for the best pizza. You know, at first that one, that one I think was the first reference I caught at least um, to the whole Green Lantern universe and, and that being a thing. You know, it, but I thought that that was just a gag, basically. Like, like that was just a comic book nod. Um, but we've, we've gotten a lot more overt ones, you know, now where they're visiting Ferris Air as part of the plot. And then they, they almost come out and spell it for you when they, he says something like, um, yeah, Ferris Air had to close. They lost their best test pilot a little while back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus the interview that, that Amel gave recently where he, he made mention that, that Coast City probably will, will factor into season four some. Um, ultimately... 
I think this is a good direction. I think it's going to be good for DC to to get people to make people aware of the Green Lantern again um, in a way that maybe doesn't suck. See, I, I don't think that's the reason why Green Lantern failed because obviously Marvel's shown with uh, something like Guardians and now it, what seems, you know, it's almost, I think, a, a hit already. Ant-Man coming up, you know, basically two things that most normal people have never heard of. Um, they, they've shown that you can pull that off um, and I think DC's, you know, Green Lantern is probably not one of the more popular superheroes in the DC lineup. Um, at least amongst normal people, obviously, everybody who's ever, you know, kind of seen a comic book probably is going to know who he is. But the other reason I think it's a good idea is because they botched that movie so badly, I, th- I think they can afford to um, tell the story on TV for a little while to give them time, you know, just like you're saying, to familiarize people and get them interested in actually seeing a Green Lantern movie anymore because I'm sure a lot of people, you know, when they hear there's going to be a Green Lantern reboot, especially movie-wise, they're just going to kind of, you know, roll their eyes and move on to something else. You know, what, I, what I'm kind of hoping for is I'm hoping that they, they bring in Hal Jordan for the TV series. I, and, I really want to see a Green Lantern show. And I think people watching the shows that we have and experiencing what a Green Lantern can be on a on a regular basis, yeah, I think it's only going to help whatever decision they make going forward with the next Green Lantern movie. Even if they don't use Hal Jordan, if they go the John Stewart direction, which is the prevailing theory right now. Um, See, so yeah, I think with that name drop, this last step, well, not quite name drop, where they're saying they lost their best test pilot. I, th- I think they go on the Hal Jordan route. I mean, I, th- I mean, cinematically in the movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. For that's the, true. For the yeah, reboot, definitely, definitely sounds like they're going the going Stewart. Right. And so, actually, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe that that is why, or one of the reasons we're getting that Hal Hal setup in um, uh, the Flash. Is because they're planning on doing John Stewart's for for the cinematic universe, which to me would be perfectly fine. Like I, I've um, we were talking about this earlier, and I really like the idea of getting some of these big big names um, heroes on TV because TV to me is the perfect medium for this. Uh, Maybe budget notwithstanding, that's that's my real question with Green Lantern is, uh, do they have the budget? You know, to pull that off, because that's a lot of CG work, I would imagine. I, you know, yeah, I think they can do it. And, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of CG stuff with the lightning, with the flash, and things like that. That's I don't true. think it has to be much more than that. I mean, maybe a little bit more for the constructs and stuff like that, but yeah, um, but not a ton. And honestly, one of the one of the things that I think is really cool about possibly seeing Green Lantern make an appearance within the, the Arrowverse, as it were, is when they were comic books... There was a time period where neither Green Lantern nor Green Arrow were really selling books that well. Yeah. And they combined them into one book. It was Green Lantern featuring Green Arrow. And those books actually sold really well because of the dynamic between Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen had something that people really liked. Because as much as Green Arrow thematically is, is an analog of Batman, he's kind of the poor man's Batman um, in, in the comics and stuff, he had something that Batman never did, which was this really close friendship and relationship with, with Oliver Queen, or I mean with uh, Hal Jordan, um, or just another person in general. Batman isn't known for his outgoing personality and willingness to make friends. Yeah, I mean, they, they do have the Batman-Superman thing, uh, and you get the feeling they're friends, but I also don't think that like Batman calls up Clark 
you know, just chats about stuff. They're, they're never going to go to a ball game or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean? right, right, right. And and half the sometimes I think half the reason Batman is friends with Superman is just so he can stay close to him. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Batman's kind Keep of a dick that way, but yeah. And then so actually, there there you go. That's your biggest uh, takeaway from the Arrow finale. The Arrow finale happened this week, and instead we're talking about what was essentially three lines in the Flash. Yeah. Concerning Green Lantern. Exactly, and. That being said, we have a new show coming out next year, Legends of Tomorrow. So, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, first off, some of the characters, well, all the characters you'll be familiar with from the, um, with a couple of exceptions, if nothing else, just from the Flash or Arrow. Um, the basic lineup uh, that you would know already is White Canary. Uh, again, spoilers, uh, White Canary is played by uh, Sarah Lance, uh, or Katie Lotz in real life. Um, you know, we got some Lazarus Pit action in there, and so she's come back as White Canary, um, which I'm excited about. We've got uh, Captain Cold, I would, I would guess, playing sort of an anti-hero character, which is fine with me, because so far he's just been killing it as Captain Cold. So. Wentworth Miller uh, there you go. Yeah. props, man. Like, that, he, he's so good at Leonard Snart. Yep, love it. So, um, his Neanderthal homeboy, <laughs> Heatwave... Yeah, uh, is apparently also going to be part of it. Although, judging by the trailer, which we will put a link to uh, in the show notes, not not really a huge role thus far. Yeah, um, you've got uh, Adam, of course, and I think uh, oh, there's something we probably should talk about briefly. I think we finally probably saw how the Adam gets gets the you know the Adam power, which is the shrinking, in the last episode, at least. My theory is, you know, we got the nanites that blew up in his face right as he was testing the shrinking ability. I think that's what we're seeing is they're, they're going to get in his body and that's how he's going to gain his ability to shrink, so. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I think you're probably right on that one, too. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, though, uh, Ray Palmer, Adam, as, as we mentioned, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, uh, Sarah Lance, Hot Girl. That's what I'm excited about. Yep. Hot Girl is not previously seen so far in the, the CW-verse. Um, that one actually looks interesting to me. I'm, I'm interested to see how they play that whole role, um, because thus far we've heard no mention of anything like that, So, um, and nothing really extraterrestrial, I don't think. No. No. So um, that should be interesting, I think, with uh, uh, the DC Universe. And um, the other one is the Time Master, who I'm not really familiar with. I'm and, not either, actually. Other than that he's played by Rory Williams, uh, Doctor Who fans will get a little bit of a kick out of the irony. Um, Rory Williams, uh, uh, rather, the character, Arthur Darville, the actor. Um, and then finally we know the villain, whom we've not seen thus far that I know, Vandal Savage. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that. Vandal Savage is a super big creep. Apparently... Um in, in at least some of the continuities that DC has used him in, Vandal Savage is known for his immortality, which he basically only achieves through ingesting the internal organs of his lineage. Mm. <laughs> that seems like fine. I, I'm not sure like how much nice that's going to make the show um, in terms of it, um, but because he's an immortal and because we have the Time Master involved... Um, with the aforementioned connection to Doctor Who. No, I think he did. I think they even did mention, I think, when Ollie's monologuing, telling him about him, I think he said 
specifically the word immortal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's definitely, I think, going to play a part. Although, you know, how they are mortality, whether it's in ingesting baby souls or what, I don't know. We we are definitely going to see some timey-wimey yeah. stuff going on, though. And that's that's exciting. Um, we're we're going to see Arrow and the Flash and at least at least the pilot, I assume. I don't know how much yeah. of a role they're going to play throughout the rest of the series. I think it could be fun if they do, uh, you know, like uh, right now we've got sort of the... Um, biannual Flash Arrow crossover. I, I don't know how far they're going to go with Legends of Tomorrow too, but I think it'd be fun to see some crossovers there too. Um, because really, I think Legends of Tomorrow is probably uh, the desire we all have to see a Justice League movie or a Justice League TV show, which we're just not going to get because that's not the direction DC's going with all the big properties. So I think this is probably the closest we could get. Um, but it looks it looks fun to me. And so far, CW has done pretty well with uh, um, the DC properties. So I'm excited for it. But not, not really a whole lot else I have to say. Um, trailer looks fun. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. I think it's going to have a little bit more of the lighter content like The Flash is known for um, as well. So I, I yeah. think that's going to be a benefit. I think it's definitely going to fall a little bit more towards the uh, superhero comic book aspect um, that, that gets shied away from a little bit on Arrow. So probably lighter in tone, yeah, like you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, another new show. we got Supergirl. Uh, we got a, we got a trailer for it, finally. Um, this is going to be on CBS and not the CW, um, although it does look as though they're connected. At least somewhat. Uh, if nothing else, they're connected in real life. Um, Greg Berlanti produces, um, I, think, I think, definitely The Flash, and I'm pretty sure Arrow as well. And now Supergirl. And while I've read some stuff that, that uh, Berlanti wants to do a crossover at some point with the Flash and Arrow universe, the CBS president's been kind of hesitant about it, and it doesn't look very likely. But, uh... I don't know, man. Um, let's talk about the trailer. Yeah, the trailer... Well, no, so, sorry, uh, not really a trailer. This is about five minutes long, and it's the uh, CBS first look at... at Supergirl. Yeah, it's a little longer than the trailer, um, but based on that, I think the I think the president of CBS probably ought to maybe consider letting a couple crossovers happen at the very least. Yeah, um, this show definitely does not have the same feel based on the first look that the other shows have. Yeah, um, and I made this comment to Eddie after we watched the the first look just a little while ago that. It seems more CWE than the two shows that are actually on the CW right now, and it's—I don't want to say it's not looking promising because I'm glad they're doing the series, um, but they're kind of over the top and and a little too campy for my taste so this far. This is—I uh, I went back and forth so many times in this trailer from "Oh my God, that's terrible!" to "Oh, that looks really cool." Um, just so many times only five minutes but I can't imagine how many times I went from just complete crap to oh yeah I'm definitely going to watch that uh, this trailer especially parts of it really 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 feel like uh, uh, it satirizes itself almost like it, watch Futurama when they have the single female lawyer show it feels a lot like that not in a good way at all and I mean that may possibly be due to Calista Flockhart's involvement I don't know yeah, <laughs> that whole thing. Um, it just it feels a little bit too like too much like it's a network, you know, a major label or a major network show. 
that doesn't want to focus too much on the whole you know comic book aspect like they're, they're, they don't want to focus on the fact that it's a superhero show they want to focus on like you know it's uh, essentially a plot device for another you know like strong female lawyer character you know like which again don't get me wrong all about feminism but the way they kind of shove it in your face just seems counterproductive that rather than 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 positive exactly and and honestly i really really hope that this isn't cbs's goal in terms of you know shying away from the superhero aspect of it yeah. because the name of the show is supergirl for fuck's sake so yeah I, i'm hoping they're not doing that as like a name drop you know and then we're gonna get something that's totally kind of silly because what i think is really good about flash in particular is that it really sort of embraces the comic bookiness of of its uh uh, storyline and it works really fucking well like un- like unequivocally well so well that uh, you know obviously among the nerds I think it's pretty much universally loved um, but it's also this the strongest CW property basically ever at this point so well and we've got a good supporting cast with the flash we've got yeah we've got all the all the support that Barry needs you know, at Star Labs, you know, within the police department, stuff like that. He's got a good, good support system. And then the best thing about that show, well, I don't, I don't want to say the best thing, uh, but one of the strongest aspects of that show is the Cisco character because the Cisco is our proxy as the audience. Like he, oh, definitely. Like if if there's ever a situation in the show where we're not quite sure how we should be feeling as a fan, Cisco all we just, have to do is watch that guy. Yeah, he just comes out and says probably what I'm thinking, which is, you know, essentially the, the you know, oh my god, that was so cool, you know, like, um, so, yeah, and then the other, the really funny thing to me, but one of the cringiest parts of this trailer, um, which, you know, I, I was sitting here while Matt was watching it, and he looked up right when this happened, which is when we see Jimmy Olsen in the trailer. James, James Olsen. James Olsen, excuse me. When we see James Olsen, he looked up and went, well, that's fucking stupid. And yeah. I completely agreed. I was just waiting to, you know. Um, so we see James Olsen, who looks a lot more like he's, um, you know, moonlighting um, from his day job at GQ. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, that yeah. So so here's, here's the situation, CBS. And this is, um, number one, we're not fans of your choice for Jimmy Olsen for a couple of reasons. None of which are that he's black. I don't give two shits what color he is. What bothers me is he's not Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen is a timid, meek yeah. character who is is there to basically idolize Clark Kent and Lois Lane in the comic books. Obviously, we don't have those two characters in this show. Yeah, and that for that part, you know, the idolization, I'm perfectly fine with them moving on from a little bit. Um, but this this character is just way too confident, way too pretty. Yeah, he's overconfident. He just like he's 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 too well put together to be Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, just definitely. I mean, and we're not saying like Jimmy Olsen should be an ugly guy, but this this guy's really crossing too far into like the underwater model territory, and, and you know confidence level that that uh, just shouldn't be there. And Jimmy 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 should be a little uh, um, unsure. Uh, Jim and Jimmy's a nerd. Like, let's face it, Jimmy is just straight up a nerd. Jimmy, Jimmy should be put into situations that he can't possibly get out of without the help of Supergirl. And the Jimmy Olsen that we've seen, or James Olsen, as 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 he says in the in the little preview there, this guy, if this guy were to get cornered by a bunch of thugs in an alley, he seems like he would try and fight them off himself. Yeah, and and that doesn't seem like that would be out of character for Jimmy. 
generally speaking. I mean, I'm sure there's some arc, you know, well into him, you know, working with Superman and finally getting a backbone and stuff like that, but... Yeah, some Elseworlds thing where he yeah, gained powers from meteorites or whatever, I don't know. That, that was definitely a... He seems clearly put there to be the love interest, and this is, again, another very cbs you know, like, it, it, it feels like a network television choice where we can't make him, her, you know, have this, you know, darky love interest, which... Like, if you wanted to make Dallas with the Supergirl character, you should have just called it Metropolis or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then the whole um, Calissa Flockhart playing essentially the, um, whoever the boss's name was in Devil Wars. Cap Grant, who is, who is actually, um, works for the Daily Planet, uh, she's, she's like the social writer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Not a fan. Of, of that whole, like, she's the owner of the thing and See, private I, elevator and all that. That's, I mean, Cat Grant was, was full of herself. I that, but it, it just, it seems way too cliche. Yeah, I I agree. I, I don't, so far I'm not impressed, but I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. We'll see how it goes, but. There is some cool stuff in there. Um, we, we do get to see a little bit of the flight and how, what Supergirl can do and stuff like that. And I think that. It's sort of an interesting aspect, and one of the interesting aspects of Supergirl to me is that uh, um, Cal doesn't know who he is for much of the time that he's on the planet. You know, he knows he's, he can do stuff, but uh, Kara clearly does, um, right from the bat. In fact, that's in the trailer, she's monologuing sort of the story of how she gets here, um, yeah. which I liked, um, but there, there's a lot of things that have me really reticent about this trailer, like... Probably will watch it. I hope to be wrong, or I hope that we're seeing some sort of, uh, um, you know, overemphasis on the the bad sides of this show. But it has the potential to be terrible. It it definitely does. Um, here's the thing: I have kind of a negative outlook on on certain aspects of of comic book media being translated onto the screen. I've made my feelings very clear on in terms of. Suicide Squad that I'm I'm a little hesitant about getting yeah. on board with it. This one though, I'm more so definitely because you know Suicide Squad. If I go sit in a theater and, and for two hours and I'm not happy with the movie, it's two hours. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to go again. Supergirl, and yeah, I don't have to watch it if I don't like it on TV. But it's it's gonna be a weekly show and it's a lot of effort to go through and it's not like. Suicide Squad's small enough that if it's a bad movie you can just forget about it and nobody really cares because most of the characters in Suicide Squad are basically unknown outside of the comic book nerds anyway. Well, and here's the thing, man. From a pragmatic point of view, the actors that are in Suicide Squad are getting paid for that movie. Yeah. It's, it's a done deal. If CBS makes this show and fucks it up to the point where it doesn't get renewed for a second season, that's a whole lot of people that are unemployed next year. And I don't yeah. like that fact. Like, I just don't like... Somebody made a comment recently about how if you cheer when a show gets canceled, you should be ashamed of yourself because there's a lot of people involved in that. And to an extent, I agree. There's some shows that probably never should have been greenlit to begin with, but Supergirl has potential. And this is one of those shows that CBS should not put themselves in a position to make a bad show. I just... I have a hard time seeing them as being the right network for this type of show really because I think they're they're, I think they're too old media kind of stuck in their ways and and that's a lot of what I saw in the trailer 
you know, I don't know if I can describe it right, but anyway, CBS did Star Trek though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And so they just didn't know how to continue doing show. I mean, Star Trek went three and a half, three seasons. Was yeah. it? And they had opportunities with Next Generation when it came out, but ultimately Roddenberry wasn't wasn't happy with how things were going, so we went the syndication route off the bat, like different subject completely, but knocked it out of the park and proved that you could start a show in syndication and be successful. Yeah. Um Anything else on Supergirl? No, man. I, th- I think I think we pretty much buried it as much as we could. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're just about as close as to you know, calling it, declaring its death before it even actually airs. Yeah, which I I, I think I might be playing it a little wrong because I'm not quite that down on it. But there were a lot of just cringy, cringy things in the trailer. It's, it's the it's the it's not as bad as we're making it out to be right now, but it definitely has the potential to get there yeah. fairly quickly. So, and, and and it's probably overemphasis of the things that I just really really didn't like in the trailer, but we'll see. Anyway, but speaking of Suicide Squad, we got some pictures of Harley this week. We do looking smoking hot as yeah. a crazy chick. We we were talking about this earlier too. Um, she she is. You know, if you ever see that image floating around where, where uh, the crazy and hot are on two axes of a, of a graph, and, and, you know, the arrow just goes up and to the right, um, yep, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, these these pictures actually make me a little bit more um, comfortable with the Suicide Squad than I am with Supergirl right now. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, that is not just because she's hot. The, these, I think, is, is a really good look for Harley, the character. Um, she looks a little batty, um, which you, I think you want in Harley. So, um, yeah, this actually, this is one of the things that gives me a little bit more hope for Suicide Squad. And, and now actually with accepting the, the first Joker pick we've seen where they, they basically come back out and said, no, that's not really the final show pick. Uh, um, I, I'm feeling pretty decent about what we, what we're getting so yeah I mean maybe <laughs> maybe yeah I, I, I think you're probably a little bit more hopeful than I am and that's that's fine that's one of those the, these pictures actually do do give me a little bit more hope for it though because I think Harley's obviously she should be a central figure within the Suicide Squad and I think that's really where they're going for um, at least outwardly yeah um, I hope they don't make the Joker a huge deal in this movie um, I'm a little bit I kind of think that would be... I can see their desire to do that because the Joker would be by far the biggest name as far as recognition. But I think that would be a little bit of a mistake for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I, I hope they don't go too far that route either. I could, And what I'm really probably seeing based on the little bits that we've seen so far is that this is not really going to be a Joker movie. This is going to be a lot more about uh, um, Will Smith as Deadshot and Har- uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, which I'm fine with. I, I, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time with, with the Joker being in this movie at all. And and I, I understand that it's hard to kind of explain who Harley Quinn is without some reference to the Joker. Yeah, see, that that's where I'm, I'm just curious how much screen time he's going to occupy because... I, I think you you really kind of have to have the Joker to have Harley Quinn. You know, likewise, we were talking... I don't know if we talked about this on air about uh, Gotham, but 
one of the things that I've said, and I think it pretty much everyone agrees on, is that you cannot have the Joker before you have Batman, because the reason the Joker exists is because of Batman. And likewise, I think that's true of Harley. You cannot have Harley without the Joker, at least a little bit. So, I, I like I said, I don't want this movie to be about the Joker, but I think he's definitely got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Although I think that they probably could have just as easily gotten away with casual mentions here and there and not even actually casted anybody as the Joker. Yeah, you could have even done some some flashback scenes where you, you see him from behind and maybe you see a twinge of green hair or something like that, but no, right. no actual hear, face. Hear, hear the laugh, hear the laugh, yeah. and then call it a Maybe day. get Mark Hamill to come in and do some voiceover work. Yep. That would be amazing. Yeah. Somebody employ that guy to do that voice full time, please, because it's seriously goddamn amazing. Have him sing kids' birthday songs in the Joker voice. Yeah, totally. Do answering machine videos and stuff. So, um, we'll we'll put the links up to those pics of, of Margot right. in the show notes as well. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna segue into a completely different subject. This actually doesn't have much to do with nerddom at all. Um, but I wanted to, uh, to kind of mention that, um, as we started recording this, it was actually still my birthday. Um, not anymore, but, (laughs) um, I, I wanted to make mention of this in the show. Uh, we, we, we did a little bit of a, uh, it was not a party. I'm not going to call it a party. It was a, a, a small gathering, um, wherein Eddie was over. Um, we actually had meant to do some podcasting yesterday too, but, uh, there was several ducks not in the same row. So that didn't happen. Right. Um, but honorable mention goes out to my buddy Bryce, um, who showed up with some USDA Prime New York strips, which I can attest to the the amazingness of. This is these steaks will henceforth be referred to as the steaks, and we will all know exactly what what that means. Yeah, best steaks I've ever had. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to Bryce who is super good friend, also pretty flecky, who might not even listen to this. Um, <laughs> dick. Dick, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, thank you, brother. You knocked it out of the park with those, so um, had to had to mention that. And uh, another another thing I wanted to cover, too, is, is we kind of, we definitely want to do the show weekly. Uh, we fell behind a little bit. Um, Eddie was out of town last weekend, and, and I was going to do a... a, a quick little podcast of my own um or with bryce um and that fell through too because of you know some stupid virus or something so yeah um i think we'll stick with weekly i think we probably need to have a a backup plan or if nothing else announced you know when we got plans so yeah i mean the backup the backup plan would have been me doing something anyway um and we know i was gonna do that it just you happened to be out of town and i was sick at the same time so that was kind of a bullshit move but um yeah all right so as usual you can find us on twitter at whatever show um you can like us on facebook facebook.com slash whatever show you can email us questions at whatever co um and of course go get us on itunes so if you're not already subscribed hit that up and uh yeah and and we will be revisiting Eddie's foray into the Buffyverse at some point, but he actually has to stop being a douche and, and watch the show. to that, yeah, probably. But I'm already um, procrastinating on, like, eight other things, so... Like editing episode four, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking slacker. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm Matt. Eddie? Hey. That's Eddie. Uh, go be a nerd, man. Read some yeah. comics, watch some TV. 
Have a good one. Later.